Her name is Dr. Jacqueline Roweth. She's one of our leading uh, primary sector academics. That's why we find her today in her old stomping ground of Massey University where she's at a soil conference, a workshop looking at the latest research and thinking. Jacqueline, these conferences have been going on since the 1980s. Absolutely. It's one of the longest running, I should thank you. Of course, there's grassland, so I almost wish I hadn't said the longest running, but it's um, a long-running one that involves soil scientists. That's where it started, and it now includes policy analysts, ministerial types coming up from Wellington, regional councils, rural professionals, and it's a place where we discuss and say, how could that possibly work for the farmer? I bet you things have changed a lot since the 1980s when no doubt the government was paying everybody. Uh, yes, this was. they started pre all the reorganisations in terms of subsidies, bums on seats at the universities, and of course it was MAF and DSIR that were doing the work. Then there was the big reorganisation. So right at the beginning it was about productivity, and now it's hugely about the environment. The current topic is catchment management. How can we ensure that farmers can stay... Uh, in business and yet allow them to do good things by the environment as well because that's actually what they want. They want the dual capacity. If you had a dollar for every farming conference you've been to, Jacqueline Roweth, in your career, (laughs) you would be retired years ago. Okay. But it wouldn't be as much fun, No, 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 it wouldn't be fun. They're good networking opportunities, agreed. But sometimes they are talk fests. Yeah, this one has not tended to be like that. In fact, the ones I go to are mostly not. We talk about grasslands, we talk about the Institute of Ag and Hort Science. Those ones in particular, we're trying to get together and work out a better way so that when somebody says this will work on farm, somebody else, like for instance, Aunt Roberts, Aunt Roberts, who's been here all, the, all through the years as well, says, yeah, but there's no infrastructure. So that, how would that really work unless the processes take the initiative? So all of the difficulties of achieving change, it's a huge risk. And some of us who, you know, milk cows or move stags or whatever, say the problem with that is actually the labour availability. You're not going to get kiwi fruit on the Canterbury Plains unless you actually bring in labour from somewhere. Back, it just isn't there. OK, back in the days, yep. the 80s, the glorious halcyon 80s, they were tough farming times, I might add. The likes of the DSR was, was paid for and there was lots, well, yep. quite a lot of money pumped in from the government. Yep. Uh, obviously, we're not spending enough on research and development no. here no. in New Zealand on agriculture, considering it's the biggest gig in town. Yeah, uh, I think you're absolutely right. There were some figures that you need to get to 0.8% of GDP and in a small economy like ours, it should be a lot more. We are the export economy and uh, all our CRIs and MPI, uh, CRIs in particular are really pushed, squeezed in terms of budget. We then get the, um, the you know, scientists wanting to do a good job tend to go for things like surveys or uh, reviews to try and get some publications because that is still important in terms of their retention in employment and they're not helpful for farmers. So we have farmers standing up and saying it was a great day but there's nothing I can use on farm. So always our agricultural research should think about what impact would that be on farm and in the environment? How can I help the farmers because they all want to do an ever better job do that, exactly that, the better job. This week is the one-year anniversary of Cyclone Gabrielle. What are your memories? That the pictures were absolutely appalling. 
that one felt so much for those people that immediately the scientific community started saying it's not all lost, but this is what you need to do in terms of the silt, for instance. This is what we need to do in terms of the drainage. And you can just see that a year on and they're still trying to shift that silt, but there are some of the orchard people saying trees are fantastic, they're recovered, we've got a good crop, we'll be okay. And we like that. Climate change, do we adapt or mitigate? Uh, It depends on the area you're thinking about. I think farmers are adapting all the time. That's where the grazing of crops came in. It's where the silage came in. Frankly, it's where PKE came in. PKE gets us through the droughts and allows the no animal welfare issues because we can feed the cows. Farmers are adapting to that all the time. Do I think in the Esk Valley they should just build um, higher walls to keep any of the water out? No because there's always, always going to be a one in a, good heavens, we didn't predict that type event. So both. You should get off the floodplains. Always get off the floodplains, but put market gardens in. Market gardens don't need the infrastructure that the orchards do, or the, well, because they've got trees, or the vines. Do sensible things, and, and all scientists can, well, scientists can help with that. Dr Jacqueline Ralph, as always, appreciate your time on The Country. You've written another really good piece on our website, thecountry.co.nz. People can read all about it there. Thanks for your time. Mm. Thank you. Lovely to talk, Jamie. Bye.